Hey everyone. This week I have Sean Avery, um, possibly known as Guinea Black, but I know for sure he's known as Sean Avery. He's a rapper, poet, educator from Phoenix. He currently has a show. Uh, he's going to be having a show from on the twentieth, the twenty-first, the twenty-seventh, and the twenty-eighth. It's called Skinny Black. B L K ending. Um, he does have a fundraiser though. Um, the sixteenth at seven. At the Phoenix Youth Hostel. So if you're in Phoenix area, you want to check something out or support something more specifically, go to the Phoenix Youth Hospital. Hostel. Hostel. I was gonna say hospital. <laughs> um, besides that, here's Sean Avery, guys. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you at the end with um, more specific announcements and stuff. Ooh. Okay, so start there. Why is your artist name Sean Avery? Um, so my mom used to, so my middle name is Avery. Oh, okay. My full name is Sean Avery Medlin. And when I used to get in trouble, my mom would just yell Sean Avery. Interesting. That was like the way she, you know, that's yeah. how I knew I had fucked up. So. Right, right, right. Um, that's how she checked you. Yeah, mm. so originally my artist name was Chronic Poetic. Mm. Not a reference to marijuana, because I didn't smoke then. It's just chronic. Yeah, just like, you know, to chronically be poetic. poetic. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I, I wanted a shift, I guess, around the age of somewhere between 18 or 20, I think. Mm-hmm. I wanted a shift. Um, and so I wanted something that just felt more like me and mm. less of a stage name. Okay. So I went with Sean Avery because the idea was like, this is uh, like an unfiltered me or like, you right. know, like a, a raw me. Because right. I felt like when I would get in trouble as a kid, I was really just doing the shit I wanted to do, you know? Mm. <laughs> Interesting. And I would get in trouble for it because it's like, you know, I'm a kid, I shouldn't be running around the house or like, Shouldn't be playing video games till like 12 at night. Right. But that's the shit I wanted to do. Right. You know, so yeah. Sean Avery is, is like, you know, who I would like to be mm-hmm. 24-7. Right. You know, unfortunately. Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not allowed all the time in this world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool. I, I like that. I like that it was the, you took that name which was used so that you know that you're out of bounds. Yeah. Become the artist which is supposed to live out of bounds. Yeah. 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 Bingo. Wow, that's such a great way to say everything I just said, but like... <laughs> yeah. uh, I like it though. Yeah. I like it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, what's um? I asked this of all my guests. What's your first memory? Wow, my first memory of life? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, man. Uh, I have a memory of being... I had to be like... Is this even possible? I feel like I had to be like three. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm in my parents' room mm-hmm. on the phone with my auntie. And I remember that the, you know, like the, there's not a lot of light in the room. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's just a lamp or maybe even a candle. And I'm talking to my auntie about my sister who's not born yet. Um, and who I don't know is, will be my sister. I just know that my mom has a child. And uh, my auntie asked me, you know, do you want a brother or a sister? And I said that I want a sister. And then sometime later, I end up with a baby sister. 
Um, and I remember that we prayed about, we prayed on the phone. I think my mom might have been in the room too, but I don't have any memory of her. I just remember the phone conversation and, you know, asking or saying, responding to her question of, do you want a brother or sister? I remember saying sister and I remember praying. Mm. Um, I think that's my earliest memory. I have some other traumatic memories, like I remember falling and stuff. Because again, like I said, I used to do a lot of, st I used to just run around and jump on shit, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you're living life. Yeah, right? You're excited. You're like, ah! I was like, oh snap. I got a body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, that's insane. Uh, what an interesting... It's interesting that that's the one this memory you, you go to. As, yeah. As it being your first. Yeah, yeah. Wow. A conversation and a prayer. Yeah. Huh. Over the phone. That's, that's Over the phone, that's right? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's a little different. It's a little different from what I've gathered and what... I haven't gotten one like that before. Mm. I like that. What led you to being a poet? Um, it, it felt very natural in a lot of ways. Um, I know that I lo always loved reading. Um, around that age I was just telling you about, maybe a little bit older, somewhere between three and five, mm. I know that my mom would read to me a lot and um, I would memorize the books she would read to me. Mm. and for a while she thought that I could read, but really I was just, I just had, you know, I just had remembered like the picture <laughs> with the story. Um, so I always loved reading, you know, right, right. always. And then I remember reading Harry Potter in elementary school and taking like, we had these little like reading tests that you would take mm -hmm. and I would like ace them shits all the time. Wow. And like, you know, my teacher and my mom were like, you're so smart. You know, and so then when I got to like, well, even in elementary school, I um, I would write. I remember, uh, I wrote this uh, fantasy story called Dune. Literally, I just saw the book Dune, like the famous sci-fi book by okay. what's his name? I forget his name. I don't some know some name. white dude. It sounds super familiar. Frank something, I think. Um, I saw that in the school library, and I was like, you know resourceful enough to figure out that dune meant desert mm. and that I lived in a desert. Wow. And so then I was like obsessed with that idea. This is like fourth or fifth grade, right? I'm like obsessed with this idea of a dune. And so then I'm like, you know, basically with this short story, what this story ended up being was a bunch of shit that I had read or seen. I just straight up jacked it. And like, <laughs> you know, like I took the title dune now I was yeah. reading this series called the Red Wall series where all these animals can like talk and they live in medieval times. I took all that shit. I like took everything and then just put myself in it. <laughs> nice. And it was a little story, you know, and I thought yeah. it was cool. And I went to read it to the class. Um, and my teacher let me read it. But like, <laughs> I never finished it, right? Uh -huh. like, it wasn't done. Yeah. So I was literally at a certain point, I was up there looking at a blank page, making stuff up. <laughs> right? You're freestyling the story. Freestyling. <laughs> I was freestyling the story. This is like, 
genius yeah it was wild man <laughs> and i remember my heart was just beating out of control mm. and you know in reality i bet you i only freestyled a couple sentences who actually knows yeah. but in my memory man it felt like i freestyled forever it was intense <laughs> yeah <dude. laughs> so those moments of intensity were time dilates right right you're just like lemon in it you're like oh <laughs> Oh, living in that bleeding edge. It's always fun to be there, man. Yeah, I think fun. I live there now. Yeah, <laughs> and that's good. That's good. It means you're alive. Right. It means you're alive. That's great. Yeah. That's cool, though. That's it. So that's what propelled you into, like, like getting into, like, poetry and stuff like that? Yeah, I think, like, I had a love for it, mm. an authentic love, and then there came a need later on in life, you know. Mm. Um, my wow. parents divorced. Just being black, I think, in general, in America, living in any capacity. But for me, it was being black in, like, the west suburbs of Phoenix. Mm. It was a very particular experience. Mm. Um, you know, very isolating. And then the parents divorced too, right? So it was like another type of isolation. Yeah. So I really didn't have shit else to do, I don't think, that was, like, conductive. Right. Um, or productive. Mm. And, and I did a lot of things that weren't productive to my mental health. But I think poetry was the one thing that I did That's that... Good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So some outside forces propelled you into finding something where you could essentially heal yourself. Yeah. Right. Talk to yourself. Right. Where I could be heard. Process. You know? Process. Yeah. Right. Just... Because there wasn't any space for that. Yeah. So, how old, so at, that, at that point, how old were you? Like... Um, so that's like middle school for me. Like I remember filling up my first journal with like poetry and, and, yeah. and I mean, it, the other thing about that time in my life is that I had no separation between poetry and rap. Like right. I didn't think of the two as different. The same thing. It was the same thing, right? Yeah. So like, um, I can, I call them poems, I call them raps. Sometimes I call it writing, but, um. I think, it, I think it's all that. It's all that, right? You know? <laughs> I yeah. think that was a bar in itself. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all of that at once. Yeah. So I remember filling up my first journal like eighth grade. Mm. Um, and it didn't really stop from there. I think every year of high school I had a journal. And I made wow. it my goal to fill it. And I still have those journals. You do, bro. Have you gone digging? Yeah, I went a couple, like... A month or two ago, okay. I went back and reread some, Ooh. and it's interesting, man. Yeah. It's so interesting. I'm really happy that no one else has them. Right. Because <laughs> some of the shit I say in there is just like, yo, this is like, okay, so I understand there's a difference between like, you know, this is bad craft-wise, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I'm a better writer now, so right. I can write this better. Yeah. Um, and some of it's embarrassing, but I can mostly deal with teenage embarrassment stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But some of it is just problematic, man. <laughs> a lot of it is just problematic. <laughs> it's just a little fucking kid just regurgitating what they've seen and heard, you know? Right, right. And it's like, man. Rehearsed the, thought. Yeah, the way that I, mostly the way that I talk about women in there, man, is bad. It's wow. real bad. So when I was reading it, I was like, geez, I've, I really have come a long way. <laughs> you know? Wow. I really can say these things are, are deep inside of me. <laughs> and um, I'm happy no one else can read this because yikes. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, it's not. You came from that. It's the soil from which you blossomed from. 
But I mean, at the same time, it's not like, it's not too bad. I mean, hey, this is who you are now, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I got the full, I had a full arc here. Yeah. It's still going. It's still going. <laughs> this is great. We're just fucking, that's like the whole point of the, the yeah. thing. Right. At least you like, at least you did grow out of it, man. Most people end up saying that they're not realizing it. Right, right. What do you think helped you realize, what helped you get out of that? Um, coming out as queer helped a lot. Mm. Like accepting that like, uh, you know, this misogyny and this sexism mm. was a part of like the homophobia mm. against myself. Right. You know, that helps. And then also I think to be really real with you, man, fucking up a lot of people's lives in relationships that helps. and being like, oh shit, man, I'm an asshole. I, yeah, <laughs> I need to fucking go get some help. I need to sit the fuck down, right. you know, right. um, mm-hmm. that those two things have really been the motivating factor. Mm-hmm. And I would even say, honestly, those two things have really, really been developing in the past. I want to say five years, but honestly, man, it might be more like three mm-hmm. um, where I've really been like actively thinking about that and learning and mm. um i guess yeah do actively working right because um, i feel like for me you know like as as a black masculine person it's real easy for me to be like just stuck in that one part of my identity right right that i'm black and i'm oppressed in this way right. and never focus on the way in which i can and have oppressed many other people, of course. right? Like, because I'm so just obsessed and stuck on one aspect of my identity, right? Which I see all the time now. Like now that I, I now that I've seen that in myself, mm. I can't unsee it, right? Everywhere, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and not just all men of color. I see it in really, yeah. Um, it's it's wild. It's a wild dynamic. It's a uh... It's, it's a, I guess in a sort of sense, to, 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 to transmute it into this other layer of analysis, it's the sins being passed down of older generations. Yeah, I feel that. And in a more elaborate way, you could be like, it's just cultural habits that we just haven't satiated or suffocated out of existence. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. And then that just keeps being <clears throat> perpetuated until someone realizes, hey, we don't need to do this. Like, it doesn't need to be right. perpetuated. Yeah, this isn't helping. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's yeah. not helping the situation. Yeah. It's, um, it's time to clean up, man. Yeah, for real. It, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a literal mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's something to clean up, that's for sure. I like, part of me is like, that sucks. But another part of me is like, at least I get to clean it up in a very nice. narcissistic way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. That. yeah. So it's a, it's bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. Entirely. I guess it's the, I don't know why I had the thought of, uh, you, know what, you know why January is called January? No. It's named after a god called Janus. Mm-hmm. And Janus is a two-faced god. One face looking into the past, and one face looking into the future, mm. and, and and that's just like we're in the middle of that. Yeah, you know, where each one of us is generous. Mm-hmm. We have to 
reconcile both our future and our past yes. to move at all. Yeah. Faith back. Janus, is that Roman? I believe so. I believe it's Greek or Roman. Greek or Roman. Like yeah. Roman yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. I didn't know that. But yeah, I really dig that metaphor. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm fond of it. I had like a whole thing when I found out. I was like, oh, this is so useful. I went off <laughs> on a whole little thing. I don't even know what I did with that work, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere around there. Somewhere. I don't know. But yeah. Cool, man. That, that's, that's good. It's good that you, that you just grew out of it yourself. And then I guess you came to realize with who you came to terms of who you were, right. which allowed for you to readjust and redirect mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How did, so what, how are you queer, I guess is my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've been, I'm bisexual. And okay. I've, I've known that my whole life. Well, I've known that since like 14. I remember like legitimately telling my parents I was bi and they were just like, no, you're not. Jesus. And that's like, you know, one of many traumas that have fucked me up to this day, right? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I struggled with my sexuality most of my life. Mm. Um, And then I got to college and I had, you know, access to all this information that Mm. I had never had access to before, right? right? Gender women's studies classes, the LGBTQ plus center, Fine. You know, like, just tons of shit. Tons of resources. Right, all these places I could go. So then I started talking to people about my sexuality and how I felt. Mm. And it got to a place where I remember I was talking to someone who actually worked at the LGBTQ plus center. Mm. And they said, I was explaining to them how I felt, like, on a daily basis, like, how uncomfortable I felt. Um, and they were like, and I was explaining things like clothes or things like um, how I interact with people. Um, and they were like, well, that doesn't sound like sexuality. That sounds like gender. And I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't have a separation of the two. And they were like, well, gender and sexuality are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And then they put me onto this. Actually, they put me onto a, it's like an infographic um, called the Genderbread Man. And it's just, it's a gingerbread man. Uh-huh. And it, <laughs> and, you know, it has all these diagrams coming out of it yeah. that are, like, breaking down, like, all the different ways in which gender and sexuality function, right? So like, uh-huh. so like you know, biological sex, you know, but then like gender presentation, right? Um, but then like you know, um, how you how how you feel about your gender internally, right? Um, and then who you're attracted to sexually, mm-hmm. and then who you're attracted to romantically, and all the different layers, right? Right? You know, all these little diagrams are coming out of this gender bread man uh-huh. and i was looking at it and i was just mind blown because right. i was like what the fuck is gender pre- presentation like uh-huh. i don't understand that or like there's a difference yeah. between romantic and sexual attraction right like i didn't know any of these things so Interesting. then i just spent a year or two studying yeah. reflecting and i came to a place where i was like you know i feel masculine but i also feel blank like just like Interesting. genderless uh-huh. you know like a not feminine not masculine not like just like a, a neutrality you know that like coexists i think with the masculine energy that i feel uh-huh. and looking more into that i found this 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 identity mm-hmm. um demi boy which is um demi also greco-roman yeah. um meaning half Mm-hmm. But in this sense, it's more like two. It's more like an and, right? So it's like mm-hmm. boy and, um, mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, everyone who identifies as a demiboy, what's on the other side of that and is what, you know, they feel. Um, sometimes it's, I mean, it can get complicated. Seems like it, man. It can get complicated. It can get real, 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 um, well, it can get real individualistic. Yes, right? yes, extremely individualistic, yeah. basically. It has to be. Yeah, exactly, because gender is a personal experience, right? right. It's, it's your own your own internalization of it, your own presentation of it, you right. know, all of that. So for me, um, I felt boy and non-binary at the same time. Uh -huh. um, and so I came out as a demi-boy in November of 16, 2016. Wow. So it's going to be two years yeah. soon, a couple of months. Two years, huh? Yeah. It's a good number. Yeah, I number like that number. It's even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that was my journey with wow. with gender, and then with sexuality, it was a little less intense, but it was more so me just, you know, accepting it, telling people that, you know, like You're attracted to both sides. Yeah, just being honest about yeah. it and being like, hey, look, like I'm bi, like, you know, and like a lot of people in my life, they've known, right? Um, like I've told them numerous times in my life, like they've been a part of my, you know, like at least my like private um, conversations and explorations of, mm. of sexuality. But now I'm trying to make those conversations public. More public. How so? Um, well, one way I'm hoping this happens is um, the show that I'm doing, Skinny Black, mm. that's coming in, out in October. Um, mm. It's pretty much about exactly what I was, everything I just told you about. Um, All right. Yeah, it's wow. about my journey um, navigating gender and sexuality. Right. Um, and it's told, it's told linear, linearly, yeah. but um, still episodic or fragmented. Mm. And most of the show is like me picking a piece of media that was important to me as a child. So like Hulk or like Sailor Moon. And like oh, okay. talking about these things, like, Cause I, cause I'm a nerd. I love these things. Right? Like I can talk about these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but also just talking about like them from a, a aspect aspect of what they taught me about gender and sexuality and race, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and obviously like the world at large taught me many things too. Right. It's right. not like it's not like because of Hulk I was acting hyper masculine. But like <laughs> <laughs> I can use that as. As a, as, a, as a way to, to talk about the hypermasculinity, yeah. you know, that's in our, in our society. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't want to give too much of the show away, but yeah, basically I, I do that in rap songs, I guess I should say, too. Mm. Um, is, is the show, um, like, has rap in it or is part of rap? Like, so the show is, uh, is also a rap album. Oh, um, okay. It's a rap album that we staged. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I probably should have said that first, but... <laughs> yeah. It's cool, it's cool. Yeah. You can get to it either way. Okay. Wow, that's really cool. Well, well, well how did that come about? Uh, um, rap, uh, to stage a rap album? Well, uh... And what do you mean by staged? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. What do you mean by that? So, what I mean by staged is, um it's like it's theatrical so we have um, we have dancers um, who they also have speaking parts right but um, they're kind of 
the uh, they're they're kind of representing the music and my words with their body. Oh. Um, and then I'm on stage as well, either rapping the songs or sometimes I'm a part of the movement that they're doing. And so the movement is not always like what you would probably consider like like dance dance. A lot of it is interpretive or pantomime. Um, you know, we might be acting out a scene from the song or from the monologue. Because there is like, you know, poems and monologues in it as well. Right. Um, but it is predominantly rap music. Um, so yeah, we kind of turned it into like an experimental ensemble theater piece. I guess is like the best way I could probably explain it. Because yeah. um, it's not a play in the traditional sense that like, it's your line now, and it's my line now, and this is dialogue, and this is the monologue, you know? A lot of it is like me on stage doing my thing, accompanied by... From a whole bunch of different aspects. Exactly. Interesting. I like that. That's, that's yeah. really cool. That's really yeah. cool. You're, you're, you're the, I mean, you're using the medium of the stage in its own way, but you're bringing right. your own craft to it. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. How... how um, are you excited for it? Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm also just fucking nervous and anxious and there's so much work to do all the time. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's yeah. September 15th. The first show is like five weeks from now. You know, it's How like- How many shows? Uh, four shows, two weekends. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, ever done something like this before? Uh, yes, okay. not my own production. Oh, okay. And uh, not two weekends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> this is the next level for yeah, sure. Yeah, for yeah. Me. Nice, man. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I, what it has, um, is the album also called Skinny Black? Yes, the album's also called Skinny Black. Um, okay. It will come out the day of the first show, so October 20th. And I'm guessing from what you're saying, it's, it's essentially, would, would it be wrong to say like you're coming out? Story? No, not really. Yeah. It is, basically. It's yeah. definitely me publicly coming out for sure. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I guess I have on like social media or whatever. Right. And that's the other thing about coming out, right? It's like, you do that shit every day. Is like kind it's of the true. reality of it, because like very true. you know, like that's genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a process, you know, there's no there's no like coming out one time and right. you're just out. It's like every time you're in a new space, it's a decision yeah. <laughs> to come yeah. out or not. That's funny. You saying that made me, uh, I have this interesting, because I find the closet to be a, wonder, mm. a wonderful metaphor because mm -hmm. I feel like everybody's in the closet. Yeah, with a lot of shit. Yeah, with <laughs> a lot of shit. So like, it just, it just like with you saying everybody, like you do that on the daily, like everybody has to do it. Everybody has to practice right. coming out. Yeah. Discover your own self. Right. Yeah. It's I very agree. true. I agree. It's very true. And I like that. So, yeah. Random thought. Um. So when did your poems, or I guess I guess you never really had a separation, right? So like, when did, when did you feel like, or when did the world feel like? Was there a transition from you being a poet to a rapper, or were you, were you like already dancing between those two, like no problem? Yeah, I was definitely in between those two. Okay. Um, I feel like since I've been writing, since I, when I told you like 8th grade, 14 yeah, or whatever, yeah. um, I was always sort of like 
you know, mm-hmm. going back and forth. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when I think about my, I guess, I mean, I don't want to call it a career, I guess only because I haven't been making money off of it, but really it's been a career. It's the thing you're doing. Right, it's the thing that I've been doing like yeah. most of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I think about like my career as an artist, like, you know, I got into slam poetry really heavy. That's how I met Q, actually. Of course. Um, I was really into that. And while I was doing that, I was also rapping. Mm. But, you know, there's a very large difference between slam poetry and rap music. Slam poetry Mm. is, you know, the three-minute, no-rhyme, clear narrative arc. You know, you got your high point and you have your falling action. It's like a short fiction, honestly, I feel like, really what slam is. Uh Um, And after a while, for a lot of reasons, I got out of slam, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna focus on rap. So then I was rapping, I was just focusing on rap, and then I was like, no, I'm gonna focus on poetry. I was focused on poetry. And then at a certain point, I was like, why do I keep splitting these two things up? Like, mm-hmm. you know, they never were different for me. Right. So like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm doing this because like, capitalism has told me that I need to sell myself as one as the other. Right. Really is why I'm doing it, yeah, you know, because yeah. I want to make a living out of it. And it's easier to sell someone if they have one title, <laughs> Right. you know? Yeah. So a large part, a large inspiration for Skinny Black was like, I want to put something out that's going to smash that whole division I've made, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I want people to hear a rap song from me and then at the end they can hear a minute long poem and they can hear another rap song, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I don't know why those things can't exist together. I don't know why I haven't done this before. Any sense. Yeah. But I'm here now. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? So, yeah. That's great. That's great. Huh. So, like, that was just, like, a persistent hobby of yours, right? Just writing and stuff? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Did you have anything else that you were into, like, into uh, creative-wise? Man, I wrote a whole science fiction novel. Wrong. At age 15, 16? Between 15 and 17. Really? Yeah, man. And it still lives, actually, yeah. because my friends play D&D, and they play D&D in the world that I made. Yeah, dude. It's fucking nuts. What? Are you serious? I'm so serious. That's fucking cool, it's man. It's so cool, yeah. yeah it's so cool. That's awesome. You made, you made a whole science, science fiction, right? Yeah. Wow. How yeah. was that process? Um, you never been curious to do it again? I have been. Okay. I have been. Um... I think in a lot of ways, my first love with writing was speculative fiction, fantasy, sci-fi, mm-hmm. horror even, you know, mm-hmm. I loved all that shit. Like, that's all I read. You know, I'm a, I play tons of video games. That's most of the type of games I play. Like, I don't play sports games or like, I don't play GTA. Like, I don't want to play shit that's like real life, right. <laughs> you know? Um, and so when I was writing that, it was my whole world at the time. Um, me and my friend Isaiah, he's the one who's, who uh, is the dungeon master for that D&D campaign. Um, so me and him, he was a large part of the, the conceptualization and things for the world, mm-hmm. uh, and my sister. Um, and yeah, I wrote the first, it was supposed to be a trilogy, I wrote the first one. Mm-hmm. And then I never, wrote, I never wrote the second one or the third. But what I did do is I created tons of offshoot like universes and I just tried to like really flesh out the world yeah. as much as possible. I think that's really why I never wrote the rest because I was like, 
my this world needs to be more built out. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I worked on it, I mean, honestly, it was really fucking hard, man. That shit yeah. is not easy. Uh, I know. And I don't think <laughs> I know. I don't think I had, you know, the. Uh, I don't think I had the. The the mentorship or guidance or even inspiration. Yeah. You know, like I there was just I didn't see no black people doing that honestly, mm. and so that didn't really help. And now at my age, you know, I read tons of science fiction and fantasy by black people, you know? Right. So I'm like, damn, like, why couldn't I read this like 10 years ago? Yeah. It's always got to be a first, man. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> but nobody wants the responsibility of being the first. Right. And it's hard, you know? Yeah. The first is usually the forgotten. Is he? Is that, are they? There's a Drake line. <laughs> it's not about who did it right. It's about, it's not about who did it first. It's about who did it right. And I hated that line True. for the longest time. But I think, true. again, thinking about the world that we live in, I think that line means very true, true in this world. I think that's just reality, man. Yeah, it might be. That's just, <laughs> that's just reality, I think. Because, uh, I mean, you can be first. Like, go ahead and be first. Thank you. But somebody's going to come and be like, yo, that's badass. And then learn from what you, that person did. Yeah. And maybe even do it better. Yeah. Which is like... Yeah, I feel you. I mean, that's... It's kind of like human, right? Fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Think about inventions. Like, someone found a better way to, like, I don't know, cut a tree or whatever the fuck, start a fire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> uh, the refinement process that is life. Yeah. Be it in any kind of aspect. There was uh, something I wanted to say, but that, that whole line, like, highest my brain. I don't remember. But yeah, no, now I remember. I have a homie who's actually, who's been possessed for like the past five, four years with his own science Mm. fiction work. And it's just, he's been working on it for a while. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, he like, it's like, I can tell like the love hate relationship with it. Yeah. He loves it to death. And he's like, this fucking thing. Uh, and then he's like, he's uh, somewhat of a perfectionist, mm. and he doesn't, and he doesn't want easy writing or like easy like plot holes and twists. So like, if he know, if he sees something like that, he fucking rips the power yeah. and he's starting to like, oh. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because I've been, I've been, I've been hanging out with him since like I've, I've known him for ten years, mm. and I've known I, like I, me and him ended up like meeting up around the same time. It was real, real coincidental, but like we met up when he like just had the idea for this, mm. for this thing. And then he's like telling me about it and I'm like, yo bro, I had like a dream that was like about this story, you know what I mean? I was like, what are you talking about? And like we, we started talking about yeah. it a little more. Not a dream, it was a trip. But anyways. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, homie. And then like we got more into it and he was just like staring at me, you know, staring at each other. And the funny thing is, is that the thing that we related with ended up becoming its own separate thing mm. but he was inspired and he went into a different direction with right. the story that he's with now yeah, okay, which is okay. so coincidental but so either way like i'm excited for the story i want it I, I want it i want people to like i want him to at least finish like one chapter or like one like a, a good part of it yeah so that in some way shape or form he could like show it to the world right so that he can just find the rest yeah because 
it's good. And there's like, I know the whole thing too. Like, I know the whole backstory to it and everything. And I'm just like, mm, it's good shit. Yeah. It's good shit. That's awesome. I'm super yeah. excited for it. I can't wait to like hear to like finally get it. But I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping. That's what's up, man. I, I've, I've had the, what's the word? The, the idea of a science fiction novel has been a flirtatious one to me, mm-hmm. but I haven't actually sat down mm-hmm. and written one. I have one in mind, mm-hmm. very specific, but I don't know how to attack it. Mm. But if, I feel like it'll be so cool. Because <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen anyone try to make, like, make this story. And, right. um I want people to read the story. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Just give that perspective and everything. There's a good quote. Um, I don't remember who says this specifically. His last name is Morris, I believe. But I'm not sure what was his first name. But it's a, the quote's a, if there is a book you want to read but nobody has written it, you must be the one to write it. And then you can take out book and put anything, and put anything right? in there. And, and yeah. Anything. And like, that's, but I feel that like so hard i feel like i've kind of been operating off that premise for the past couple of years like same. you know same entirely bro like 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 for me the podcast is like how come there isn't a podcast of the people that i'm surrounded by like, right like, how come there isn't a local podcaster right now right. the potential this motherfucker has like like what's happening and then i looked around and i was like oh i gotta do it I gotta, yeah i gotta do it it's gotta be you yeah yeah and it's funny because, I mean, I wasn't the one that really started it. Like, because there was a, the one that really, like, got me to do it was there was, a, there was another local podcaster in Tucson. Okay. I ended up interviewing Q. Mm. And I was, like, listening to it. And I was, like, I can be doing this. Right. <laughs> like, I can do this already. What the fuck am I waiting for? Like, I already had my microphone with me and shit. Because oh, yeah. I, was, I was planning on it. Yeah. But I was just waiting for some shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I heard this and I was, like. Oh shit! <laughs> so I was like, I was like, bet, and, and so I just went for it, and I went crazy. <laughs> I went yeah, crazy. sounds like and it. The, a podcast and, a week? <laughs> yeah, I went crazy. It was a lot of fun, um, and it became like the spine to my life. Mm. Uh, it was, um, it was good. It was good. It was good. Uh, it it blew up my my social circle. I'm like crazy. Right, right. <laughs> That's cool. Though. Yeah, that was. The, probably one of the main things that I wanted to do it too. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was a, it was a blessing. It was yeah, a straight I feel blessing. That. I feel that. Yeah. Now I'm here in Phoenix talking to you, homie. Right? <laughs> out uh, here. <laughs> living, bro. Living. Freaking um. But yeah, no, if there's something out there that you feel like should be out there but isn't, you have to make it yourself. And that's a, it's a powerful statement. It's a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. What's something that you feel should be out there, but you haven't experienced it? Um, I recently just started a men's group called MINI. Interesting. Um, which stands for Men Imagining New Identities. And it's for men to come together and talk about masculinity, mm. but also it's for men to come together and study. Like, I want, I want us to, like, like, it's one thing to be like, you know, let's talk about what we think is toxic and harmful, right? Right. But it's another thing to be like, let's learn something mm-hmm. that we don't already know or that not everyone in the room knows, right? Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about it. And then let's relate what we learn back to ourselves, you know? Wow. Um, 
because I know men's groups exist, right. and I've actually never had the chance to be a part of one. Hmm. Um, and I couldn't find one in Phoenix. Um, and so, yeah, so I made one. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, I made one. That's yeah. so great. How's, a, how's, how is that? Like, did you just start it? You j we had our first meeting this Wednesday, this week. Yeah. How, how was that meeting? It was, went really well, really, yeah. really well. We had about eight people, including myself. Um, we met in a homie's living room. Yeah. And we, you know, some people were smoking. And we just talked, man. I, I just laid out like everything that I want, all my ideas, you know, like what I want it to be, you know, how often we're going to meet, et cetera, et cetera. And then we had a real, supposed to be a short conversation, but mm. just about, you know, what, what a man is, mm. you know, and then what do we want a man to be? Mm. Um, yeah, it took like, we were there for like an hour and a half, hour 45. And then we peaced out. Now we're going to have another meeting on the 20. 6th of September. Wow. That's interesting, man. That's yeah. Interesting. What were the answers to those two questions? What oh, is a man. man. I wish I had brought it in my back because I have it. I have the, the, my notes. Oh. Um, but what is a man? You know, it's, it was very interesting because it started off with like things that are like pretty decent human traits, right? Like yeah. responsible, mm -hmm. uh, respectful, yeah. um, you know, provider. Um, which we talked a lot about that word provider. I can see that. <laughs> um, and then it got into things that are just, you know, like stoic, uh, uh, violent, um, mm -hmm. uh, wealthy, um, Interesting. Uh, tough, you know, all those sorts of really like the hyper-masculine stereotypes. Right. Um, and then when we talked about what things that we want a man to be, words came up like loving, right. like empathetic, um, like uh, patient, mm -hmm. like uh, you know someone who listens. Um, yeah, it just really expanded into like include like a full spectrum of humanity, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> when we looked at our other list, you know. It's like, here's a man, we want a human being. Right. <laughs> Dead ass, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. Really what it was. Um, and, and, yeah, that's, someone in, the, in this group said that. They were like, yeah, the traits that we're coming up with now, are like, make someone, like, human. Yeah. And we were like, yep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Pretty it. much. That's, that's it. That's it. That's what it is. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's. I think that's all we want. Yeah. I feel like that's. A, that's, something that the culture we're in doesn't realize. It wants, mm. but it's always been what it's aiming for. But it's just a shitty aimer. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's just this like blind line doesn't know. It's just this like that direction. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it, and it's crudely moved forward until now. Mm. It's almost like the, it, in, in the way I see it, it's, it's a, it had really rudimentary mediums or techniques to paint a picture. Mm. And now we're at a point where the techniques and or technologies and mediums are much more advanced and allow for more detail. Right. So, which is probably whatever in the, 
point we're at where you're having conversations like this mm. where mm. I'm even having conversations like this yeah right because something has come along where now we realize we actually can allow ourselves to expand in detail right yeah for sure I think about language a lot extremely you know and how like language it, and for me language has been a Gaining language, like even just the term toxic masculinity, mm. the term hypermasculinity, the term patriarchy, right. you know, even terms that I already knew, misogyny, sexism, right? right. Really being able to, understand yes, understand these, these words as, as concepts and not mm -hmm. just, you know, uh, $5 words <laughs> um, has helped me uh, attach like meaning to them. You know, and, and really be able to begin to see them within the world around me and myself and be like, okay, like, you know, sexism is not just saying, you know, uh, I try not to say this word, B-I-T-C-H, -B right? It's like, sexism is not just that, right? right? Like, um, it's, 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 I'm sorry, I mean, I was probably going to study a little bit too, right? <laughs> like, it's a whole fucking institution, right, yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> The, the ways in which it's just that they're, they're, they're excluded in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. And that is the, the, the realization that we're all going through. I think at this point, what's, what's happening is that we're, we're all, each one of us is trying to figure out, all, all, all of us is, all, every one of us is trying to be human, but the past was very limiting. Yeah. And so we're still dealing with that. Yeah. And it was limiting because maybe it had to be, or maybe that was a capacity within which we could deal with at that time. The bandwidth that we had only allowed for that kind of mm. blanket statements, I guess. Mm -hmm. But now we're like slowly moving into the, really the age of the individual. Yeah. Where, like, the individual has the ability to flesh themselves out way more. Right, right, right. And, but what does that mean for the thing that brought the individual, which was the society yeah. and culture? Right. Yeah. How's that relationship going to work now? It's exploding. It's, it's falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> one of the metaphors that I, I relate to it is a, it's a child who's outgrown his clothing. Uh, and now he has these really tight, tight clothes and like they're starting to rip and everything. Right. He needs new clothes. Yeah. He needs a new culture. Right. You know? Right, right. And so that's how like my approach to it, my metaphor right. to it. I like that metaphor. I, I tend to enjoy it because it's just like, it, 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 um, it doesn't, it's not aggressive towards the culture that has, I guess you could say, oppressed us. Right. Because it shows that the culture was only a child. Right. It was young. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that. I, I, I like that approach. Yeah. There's a, it's like innocent, innocent fallacy, I guess. Or innocent fault, innocent sin. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, right, because like we inherited all this. Yeah, we did. You know? Like, I think back to what I was talking to you about when I was rereading those journals. Like, 
it's not like I came up with those ideas yeah. on my own, you know. Right. Like they were, they were, they were given to me. They were given to you. There's so. a, there's a good quote. Uh, I think Terrence McKenna actually says it. He's like, most, most of the time when people think they're thinking, they're actually just listening. Uh. <laughs> Dog. Oh. Yeah. Crazy before. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I feel that. It's true, man. And uh, Carl Jung had another one that I fucking love. Is um, people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets weird, man. It gets weird. It does, right? <laughs> it really questions like the whole the idea we have of like free thought. Mm-hmm. You know. How much of your actions are your actions and not the actions of some idea that was planted in you and you thought it's yours, it was yours yeah. only because it's occupying your mental space. Right. Don't believe that shit. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah, be very careful. Yes. Be very careful. Yes. And um, and I, it's like a whole, it's a balancing act in its own self. But I think that's life. I think it's, a, it's also a state of non-belief. Because if you believe something, you re- you preclude yourself from believing something else, from believing its opposite. Right. Yeah. We have to like be as open as possible. Right. Just like maintaining a void within yourself. <laughs> Which seems just to go against human nature in some ways. I, think. I don't think. Well, maybe. I think it just goes against part of our nature. Right. Because another part of our nature fucking loves that shit. Yeah. Deep down inside, that shit gives us life, but. But there's another part of us that really does like closed systems, mm-hmm. simple things, because yeah. it allows us to do things with it. Yeah. But that's not life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's where that, that that insatiable search for, for certain things comes from. You know? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, man. It's just ideas and shit. Yeah, dude. Let's <laughs> close oh. it tight. <laughs> um, thank you. I mean, that's just the places I find myself in. Uh, Going back to your childhood, what's a, a fantasy or an imagination, imaginary friends maybe, imaginary stories maybe, that you have when you were little, if you had? Oh my God, dude, that's crazy asking that question. Um, I loved the TV show Gargoyles. I don't know if Bang. you know Gargoyles. I love that, that shit. That shit, yeah. <laughs> um, that shit. And so when I was a kid, and my, my cousins can attest to this, actually, I... Um, I had all my imaginary friends with gargoyles. Really? On the TV show, yeah. With them from the TV with show? With them from the TV show, yeah. Goliath, Desdemona, um, the whole squad. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was always, I was, I feel like I was quite literally always like imagining, right? Like I would run around the house and I thought I was a Power Ranger, you know? Um, I would play outside with my friends and we were like basically role-playing some movie or TV show video game that we enjoyed Um, Me and Quincy would play video games and like repurpose the characters to create our own stories, you know, I felt like I was always not here (laughs) You know always imagining that I was something else somewhere else Um, and I think a lot of that uh, stayed with me now. I know that I, I, I work on a lot of projects, but one project I was working on 
for a while, like three years, was this project called Goliath and I, which was based on wow. the, the, the character Goliath in the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the whole idea was like, I was like, well, what if me or someone like me with my similar circumstances, right, like uh, black, suburbia, parents divorced, what if this, what if this type of person um, had an imaginary friend that was a gargoyle, mm. um, and, but it wasn't imaginary though. Like, what if this was like real? Like, mm. this was a real like supernatural creature. Wow. Um, that was friends with this child, right? Mm. And I was writing that for a while, and I wrote like so many different versions, Ooh, so many different versions. You know, this. Cool. It was cool. It was a really cool idea, and maybe one day I'll come back to it and do something more with it. Um, but I think it's probably one of the best ideas I've had, honestly. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like... Why do you say that? Why? Um, what makes you say that? Well, I think... Out of, like, all of the things you made, you're like, you're gonna do that? Well, I don't want to... And I want to stress that I said idea, right? Because right. it's not a thing. Really. Right, it's very true. Because um, without a doubt, Skinny Black is the best thing I've ever made. That, um, good, that's, that's very poignant distinction. Yeah, yeah. And I and I hope, of course, the hope as an artist is that I'm going to make something better, you know. Right. Yeah. But for right now, yeah, Skinny Black is the best thing I've made. And I think what made Goliath and I such a good idea is that there was so much room in it for me to, like, like, I remember it was one of the first times that I experimented with, like, well, what if I put, like, a, a poem or, like, a poem rap or whatever what if I put one of these like in the middle of this like prose, mm. right? Or like, um, what if like part of this is like audio? What if you have to like listen to this and then like read this part? You know, so like it was, I really started experimenting a lot uh. with like medium and like um, the idea of the fourth wall and genre and all that type of shit. Mm. Um, even just thinking about like, you know, it was a, it was like low fantasy, right? Like, mm -hmm. takes place in our world, but there's supernatural elements. Um, but then I was like, you know, well, what if there's like a whole fucking world that Goliath comes from? Like, right. what would that look like? You know, and then that would be considered like high fantasy, right? So, I think it was one of the best ideas I ever had because I was like really high on the possibilities, right. um, but also because like, it is a story I know very well and can tell very well and it's a closed circuit you know mm -hmm. like skinny black is like i'm still living that right you know and i will always be living that journey yeah. so it just ends for the purpose of art for the purpose of a product yeah. skinny black ends right Interesting. whereas something like goliath and i i can i can treat it like skinny black as like some sort of process because you know it's not I'm gonna be dealing with those traumas my whole life, right? But because I've I've lived that and I know that story, mm. I can do so much with it. I can stop it, continue it, make it different projects. You know, there's just so much more I can do with it because yeah. it is something that's in the past for the most part. You know, wow. I'm living uh, outside of that time period. You know, I'm I'm not. I'm no longer imagining that I have a gargoyle <laughs> right. uh, imaginary friend, you know? Right. Whereas, like, like I said, every day I'm still coming out. So I think that just that extra level of, like, 
I think really what I'm describing is um, an emotional distance that I can use to my advantage. If that makes sense. So I, I get it. I, I, I'm getting it. I don't know if I can articulate it myself. Yeah, I'm having kind of a hard yeah. time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's almost like a... I, I can't even articulate it. I, I get it though somehow, but uh, right. interesting. Okay, you think it just it just helps you convey it that that emotional distance? Yeah, like I've had I have space from it to like be able to uh, like I don't feel I feel guilty mm. or um, inauthentic mm. when I make changes to the stories I tell in Skate Black. Wow. Um, because I'm like, the, because the stories that, even if it's something that happened in the past, it's something that like still happens in a lot of ways right. to me now. Right. Um, whereas like when I'm thinking about something like Goliath and I, it's like, you know, I no longer live in that place. My parents have been divorced. I'm no longer eight to whatever age, right. 16 if I want to go all the way to that age, right? Like, um, because those things are all behind me, like, I feel like I have freedom to be able to look at them and be like, I think this is what was happening. Mm. And I can extract that sort of like truth and I can tell it any way that I want. Okay. I don't feel married to, um, something that's 100% autobiographical the same way I do with Skinny Black. Um, which is like, I mean, outside of a few artistic liberties, it's like pretty much exactly what the fuck happened every time I'm talking. Right, yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that, I can see that. So like, I guess the emotional distance allows you to transmute whatever happened there and turn it into something. Yeah. How you want it. Yeah. Yeah, which sometimes I feel like is more artful. Yeah, you know? I would say so. I yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I feel a little weird saying that, but <laughs> I think it's the truth of how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel that for sure. Crazy man, that's that's great. Um, thank you. Yes, thank you. Any last words you wanna leave the people with? Um, if not, you can just let them know where to follow you. Let them know about your show and stuff. Yeah. Um. If you're listening, thanks. Yeah, for real. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks for supporting Greg. Thanks for checking me out. Um, I can be followed on Instagram at Skinny Black Sean, S K I N N Y B L K S E A N. Um, my show and album, Skinny Black, comes out October 20th. The first weekend is the 20th and the 21st, Saturday, Sunday. The next weekend is the 27th and the 28th. Um, if you go to my Instagram, you'll find pretty much everything. I'm not gonna do the SoundCloud stuff right now. <laughs> um, just check out my Instagram, please. Thanks, <laughs> Adam. Thank you, brother. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. And how was that? I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Sean, for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. Um, his information is linked in the description of this podcast 
um i recently just got on spotify so i have no idea if you have access to that through spotify but everywhere else i know you can have access to it <laughs> um but yeah you should check him out really is gonna be i feel like it's gonna be a great show i've seen sean perform just his raps and it's a party like it gets intense and it's a lot of fun i can hear my s's i apologize um again he has shows he has a fundraiser specifically a fundraiser show the 16th at 7 p.m at the phoenix youth hostel okay um and then his actual show show will be happening the 20th the 21st the 27th and the 28th at the md space asu okay um all the information is on his instagram which is a uh, skinny black sean and the black is blk sean um yeah again all his information is linked in the bio um i don't have any other information besides you know i'm on spotify now and i'm ecstatic about that i i don't know what it really means i just know i'm on spotify i wonder if i get paid i have no idea i don't think i do quite frankly i'm probably making them money which i don't like but exposure is exposure i'm gonna i'm gonna take that hit i'm gonna take that hit <laughs> besides that guys um thanks for listening if you're willing give me a review on itunes give me five stars just just throw the five stars up there that'd be great um i'm gonna also link out my 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 um no nah, never mind i'm not gonna do that I'm probably going to make a separate one to do that. Anyways, go follow me. I'm happygreg13 on most platforms and on Instagram and Facebook. There's Just find the self-talking podcast profile. Follow, like, share, leave a comment wherever you can. I know you can on SoundCloud. So like, go ahead, leave a comment. I'll like actually respond um, to the person that I haven't responded to. I apologize. I apologize. You gave me essays. I don't know how to respond to essays on SoundCloud. It's just too much. I apologize. I should probably do a separate podcast and, and, and address that. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Uh, catch you on the next one. <laughs>